0: If you have your Bible, would you take it and turn with me to Luke chapter 10? Luke chapter 10 is where we're going to be this morning. And I really appreciate the uh, the heart of worship this morning to just be able to, to reflect on God's goodness and God's grace. I mean, aren't you, aren't you thankful as people for for the work of God through Christ at the cross, right? That we don't have to work for salvation, that we don't have to earn anything that we don't have to step into and try harder. You know, you know, you know the, you, we don't have to wake up every day trying harder for God. You know what I mean? He just loves us right where we are. And uh, He's done all the work for us. And that's so absolutely fantastic. And it actually ties into our, our message and where we've been in our series over the last uh, few weeks. Today, we're going we're gonna to wrap up this, this series we've been in uh, called Love Never Fails, Love never fails. And and in week number one, we, we kind of looked at this idea from first John chapter four where it says, where it says God is love and that and then John was encouraging us to love one another. God is love, so we should love one another. And so we asked the simple question, Well, well, if God is love, what kind of love is he? Because our, our world doesn't define that very well. Our world just says go love people, but we don't really understand what that means. And so when, when the Bible says God is love, what does that actually mean? And so we looked at that that week and we, we reminded ourselves that, that that love is really the word agape. And the, and the word agape means a love that is pure, a love that is willful, a love that is sacrificial, a love that is filled with intentionality, and a love that desires the highest good of somebody else. And that last one is somewhere where, I don't know about you, but I get tripped up on sometimes because I want the highest good of another person according to what I want for them, right? Anybody else like that? Like, I want your highest good for what I want, not for what, right? And and love means I want your highest good for you. Whatever it means for you, I want the highest good for you. That's a hard one. That's a hard one to live out, but um, so that's that's the definition of love, and really coming off that last song, isn't that exactly how God loves us? In purity, in willfulness, sacrificially, with intentionality, right? And for our highest good. So that's that's God that that's God's love. That's 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 how we would define. God is love. That's the kind of love. So then, then last week we asked the question, well, if that's the love, then how does God practically love us? What does it look like on an everyday basis? What does it look like through our lives? And we looked at the parable of the prodigal son. And in looking at the parable of the prodigal son, we took the angle of looking at the posture of the father. In the story of the prodigal son, we didn't spend a lot of time on the son. Instead, what I wanted us to look at was the posture of the father who had the son who was coming home. How did the father respond? How did the father act? How did the father love the son who was coming home? And what we saw there is, is that sometimes it takes waiting. Sometimes it takes patience. Sometimes, sometimes love means we wait for the other person. Sometimes it's, it's, it's passionate, right? Remember, we talked about the hugs and the kisses of the father last week, that sometimes there's a, there's a passionate uh, uh, embrace of love uh, with people. Sometimes, sometimes the love that, that, we, that God shows to us is, is this kind of, of shamelessness, that God doesn't care what it looks like to the outside world to love people. He's just going to go love people, doesn't care what it looks like. We're just going to do it. We're just going to love on people in a way that is pure, in a way that's willful, in a way that's that's uh, sacrificial, and all those kind of ways. That's how we're going to love. And God showed that showed that to us in that, that story. So, uh, and then and then finally, we looked at how in that story that God's love for us is filled with with forgiveness and restoration, forgiveness and restoration. And that before we could even say, because you and I, sometimes we, we play this game with, with God. God, if you do this, then I'll do that. If you do this, I'll do that. God, God, I'm sorry for what I've done. Let me earn my way back. God, forgive me, I'll, I'll, I'll try harder next time. I'll try harder tomorrow. I'll wake up tomorrow and I'll do better, right? And before before the son could even get those words out, let me, let me try harder for you, the father said, I don't even wanna hear that. I don't even wanna hear that. You're forgiven and you're back in the family. Don't even think about that. Don't even go down that road because there's nothing that you can do to earn your way in. There's nothing that you can do. The father does it all. God has done it all through Jesus. And so that's how God loves us. So today the question is, as we wrap this up, how do we love each other? How do we love each other? How do we love the person that's sitting next to us? If this is the definition of love by of who God is in love, and that's the definition of love. If this is how God loves us, a good example of that, then how do we love the person sitting next to us? look at the person next to you. Look at them. Now look at the person on the other side. How do you love them? Now, if you're married to them, you're like, let me tell you. You got, you got a few hours, right? And I know, I know. I see the head nods. I see the elbow bumps, right? I know, I know, right? It's hard. It's when you're married, it's really hard, right? When, you, when you're in community in a church together, sometimes that's hard too, right? Sometimes that's hard to love each other, right? Look at the person across the room, right? Not next to you, look at the person across the room. Sometimes it's hard to love that person, right? Chuck, I don't know, man. Chuck, I don't know. Sometimes, right? Sometimes, right? Sometimes it's hard to love each other. But how do we do it? Because in that first John v- passage, it said, God is love, therefore love one another love one. This is the one another week. This is the, how do you love the person sitting next to you? How do you love the person in your neighborhood? How do you love the person? How do you love the person uh, at your workstation? How do you love the person at school? It's kind of hard. And one of the things that we said is we live, we live in a really weird and wonky time, don't we? It's really weird. It, it's real. I mean, it's a really weird time, Right? Watch the news, see social media, all this stuff going on. It's just a really weird time. But that does not change the mandate when God says love each other. It doesn't change the mandate to love other people. It's hard. It's difficult. I don't understand it. It's weird. It's strange. I don't get the language. I don't understand the, the jokes. I don't get the nuances. I don't understand. Sometimes I don't understand the struggle. It's hard, but God says we are to love one another. So how do we do that? Well, in Luke chapter 10, Jesus gives us a glimpse of how we are to love one another. He gives us an idea. He gives us a thought. He gives us some insight on what it would look like to actually love one another. And it comes out of an interaction he has with a lawyer. I don't know what it is with the lawyers and the New Testament and Jesus, but it's a thing, right? And so every time Jesus is turning around, he's getting, he's getting challenged by people who think that they know better, and they're trying to trip Jesus up. And so this lawyer interrupts Jesus in what he's doing, and the lawyer comes up to him. Luke chapter 10, verse 25, if you have it, it says this. It says, And behold, a lawyer stood up and put Jesus to the test. Teacher what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, what's written in the law? I I love this about Jesus, right? Like he doesn't just straight out answer the question. You ever know people like that? Like you ask a question and the answer is a question back. And you're like, yo, I just need the answer. Like, I got to fill in the blank here. I just need to know, what's, how do I inherit eternal life, right? And Jesus says back to him, Jesus says back to him, well, what's written in the law? How do you read it? Great. Now I've got to answer the question and interpret it, okay? So I've got to interpret the question. I've got to answer the question. I just want the answer. So the lawyer said, he said this, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. Verse 29. But he, the lawyer, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, well, who's my neighbor? Who's my neighbor? I do this. I don't know about you. If you're like me, you do this with God too. God says, Here, here's what I want you to do. Here's how I want you to live. Here's what I want you to do. Here's how I want you to act, right? And, and, and we're all like, all right, good. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And then it becomes real, right? Now you have to do it, right? And if you're like me, if you're like me, there are times when you're like, well, okay, God, okay, listen, I got this. All right, love your neighbor as yourself. But who's really my neighbor? I mean, really. Like, I don't have that many neighbors. I got, I got two neighbors at my house, right? Just them? I just got to just gotta love them, and I'm fine, right? I just got to love those people. Do you ever deal, do that with God? Do you ever barter with God? Do you ever deal with them? You're like, here's the deal. Like, I understand like this, love everybody. But do you really mean everyone? Did you really mean, like, I'm supposed to love everyone? Everyone I come in contact with. And the lawyer is doing this, right? He gave the answer, he knew the answer. And Jesus said, good, now go and do that. And the lawyer's like, well, hang on a second. Let me justify the way I'm currently living. Let me justify how I really act in this world. Who's my neighbor? Do You see what the lawyer's doing? He starts with, he starts with, I just, can you, what am I supposed to do to get into eternal life? What am I supposed to do? You know, the, the lawyer's all about doing, the lawyer's all about action, the lawyer's all about exchange, right? It's very transactional for the lawyer. What can I do for eternal life? Like, can I just stroke a check? Like, can I just write something and just drop it and like, I'm good, right? All I need to do is write a check. Or is there somewhere, like, like if I showed up, let's just say, randomly let's just say I showed up at the end of December and sometime in the spring, right? And I just showed up at a service or an event. Does that count? Does that Like, is that good enough? Like, God, what do I have to do for eternal life? He's trying to barter with God. And as he's trying to barter with God, he's, he's, he's trying to justify how he lives and 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 did you notice like as he's saying this did you ever did you, did you notice how 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 it's really sometimes like us how we try to twist the answers to fit our context We try to twist the answers of God to fit the world we live in God says love one another God says love your neighbor as yourself and the lawyer says well How do I twist that and fit it into my neighborhood? And Jesus says this. He says, let me tell you a story. It's the other thing I love about Jesus in the Gospels, right? He doesn't just answer the question. He tells you a story. And here's the challenge with the story. You never know what it means. Like, what are you talking about? And Jesus at the end is always like, well, here's what I'm talking about. And here's the, here's the rule of thumb. Find your place in the story. So when Jesus tells a story, here, here, here's, your, here's our objective. Find your place in the story. So Jesus tells a story, right? The, the lawyer says, who's my neighbor? Who am I supposed to love? All right, I'm supposed to love everybody. God, uh, you know, love the Lord your God and your neighbor. Jesus says, that's right. Okay, well, who's my neighbor? Jesus. Let me say it this way. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, a, a priest was going down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to that place and saw him, he passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, And when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring oil and wine. And then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper saying, take care of him and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. So Jesus says to the lawyer, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus says, You go and do likewise. Show mercy. It's a hard thing to do in our world, it's a hard thing to do in our culture to show mercy. You see, because we always want to twist it to fit our narrative. Well, I well, you know, my my neighbor is really only this, or the people around me are only, and so, and that guy's kind of weird, and so I probably don't need to show mercy. Like, it's it's just like I don't I don't get along with them real well, and so I just want. Or you know what? There's like there's other people, other people will do that. Other I don't have to do that, right? Like because there's other people that will do that. There's other people that are better than that. So so I don't really need to do that. We always try to twist it to fit us, but God just keeps whispering in our ear to the people who live around you, here's what I simply want you to do, show mercy. Just show mercy. And in the middle of this story, the lawyer, I would would imagine, is sitting there stunned by this answer. Because the lawyer does what a lot of us do. The lawyer counts the cost of what it means to love people. He counts the cost of what it means to really love people and he's trying to ratchet up in his mind, do I have what it takes to really love the people around me? And the one thing that we have to wrestle with is this, that you and I have to do the same thing. We have to count the cost of what it takes to love people around us because love, there's a price to be paid to love our neighbor. And the question is, are we willing to count the cost? And in this parable, we see a few of those cost items. Here is the cost of neighborly love in this story. This is what it means. First of all, we have to consider the cost of proximity. Consider the cost of proximity. How close am I willing to get into the lives of somebody else? Did you notice in the story that the the guy who's left for dead, the guy who's left for dead, a priest came by and a Levite came by, and what did it say about them? They passed by, did you catch what it said? They didn't just pass by. How'd they pass by? On the other side, on the other side. Did you get that? They passed by on the other side. You know what that means? I intentionally ignored you. I see your pain, I see your hurt, I see what's going on in your world. I'm struck in my heart. Maybe I'm supposed to do something. Love my neighbor. Well, no, he's not really my neighbor. not really. So I'm going to walk by on the other side. I intentionally move across the road to the other side and pass by. Loving the people around us takes proximity. We need to step into their world. We need to step into their lives. We need to step into their pain. We need to step into their hurt. We don't just, it doesn't just happen to us. It takes observation and understanding and it takes the courage to make a purposeful move to them, not away from them. We need to step into their lives. Proximity calls us to step into the hurt and the pain and the mess of someone else's life and to render aid and, to, and support to love them. Did you notice what it said about the Samaritan? The priest and the Levite passed on the other side. But what does it say about the Samaritan? As he journeyed, what does it say? It came to where he was. It came to where he was. In verse 33, but the Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was. Verse 34, he went to him and bound up his wounds. Jesus couldn't be more clear about this. The priest and the Levite passed on the other side. The Samaritan came to where he was. He came to him. He saw him. Stepped into the mess. But it costs us something. Second thing that it costs us is time. It costs time. Now, this one's easy to see, Right? This one's easy because we're, we're, we're like this, right? We're all going, right? We all got stuff to do. We all got calendars, right? We got things going on, right? A lot of you are sitting here, you know, you got 10 minutes and 17 seconds to wrap this thing up because uh, the, the Steelers, well, no, anyway, don't worry about that. That, that season's over. But right? Like some of you, some of you have got, got, you know, you got a thing in the oven at home, or you got a restaurant thing you're going to, or like, hey, you've got now 958 on the count, right? Are we going to be done here? Because we ain't got the time for this. I don't have the time for this. As the, as the Samaritan was on his way, did you catch that? As he was on his way, he had somewhere to be. He had something to do. He was just as busy as everybody else, but as he was on his way, as he journeyed, he saw and he stopped. You and I have to wrestle with the cost of time. Because for a lot of us, we see the needs, we see what's going on in the world around us, we see what's going on in the people. Of our lives and, and you know what? Depending on who it is, we may we may know some of the story, so we may know some of the drama, so we may know some of the mess. You know what I'm saying? And we're really saying, I don't have time for that. just j I just don't I just don't have time for that. And God's like, nah, love one another. You gotta consider the time. You gotta count it. It's a cost. It's a cost. The third thing is this, it's our reputation. Are we, really, are we really willing to count the cost of our reputation? Because when we saddle up next to somebody to help them out, when we draw close to them, when we come near to them, when we step into them and their mess and their life, then there's going to be some guilt by association. Because some of our family and some of our friends are going to look at us and not understand why we're being kind and gentle and compassionate to the people that we're we're being kind, gentle and compassionate to. Some of our family and some of our friends and some of the people we associate are going to look at us. They're going to raise an eyebrow and they're going to be like, I don't know about you. And then we're going to get the email, right? Hey, do you really know about this person? Or we're going to get a phone call. I feel like I should just tell you, right? We're going to get all of that. And people are gonna, are gonna pull at our reputation. They're gonna throw our reputation as a roadblock and they're gonna say, I don't think you should help because you don't know the whole story and you, you know, it's not gonna look good for you. And Jesus said, it doesn't matter about your reputation. It matters about helping the other person. The Jews and the Samaritans really didn't get along. And yet who was the hero of the story? the Samaritan. Jesus is is not mistaken here. He's driving home a point. You see, a lot of us sometimes feel like we've got a certain right because of our birth, because of our heritage, because of our culture, because of where we come from. I've got a certain right that God's going to look at us in a certain way because of where we come from. And in this story, Jesus is crystal clear. He's like, look, I just need you to understand, it doesn't matter who you are or where you're from, we are to love other people. And in fact, the one who is loving the way God would want us to love, the one who is actually showing God's love, is the one that we would call an enemy of God, an enemy of our people. That's the one. And that's hard and we got to wrestle with it. And my reputation is at stake because if I step into this culture and if I step into this thing and I step here, I don't know, people may look at me. People may look at me odd. But love is going to ask us to lay aside our presumptions about people. Love sees pain without borders and tribal lines. And it seeks to render hope, help, and healing at the risk of our reputation that 's love, the last thing that 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 uh, oh, number four it 's not the last one number four money money listen love loving someone it 's going to cost us something it just is it just is now and I, and I you know sometimes sometimes from up up here pastors in, in in churches we'll kind of want to nuance this like maybe not this passage but you know it's hard to talk about money in church sometimes right and so we talk about resources right we talk about resources we talk about we talk about gifts we talk about talents we talk about using all of our resources like it's hard for pastors sometimes to talk about money i just want you to know that in this passage jesus is talking about money straight up cash it costs straight up cash sometimes when we step into the mess of somebody else's life look at what the, look at what the guy did look at what the samaritan did he he went he went to the man and what did he do he bound up his wounds pouring oil and wine set him on his own animal brought him to an inn and took care of him and the next day he took out 2 denarii and gave them to the innkeeper we're talking money, two denarii. He took out money and gave it to the innkeeper. One denarii, now you're like, what's a denarii? Now, denarii is one day's wage. Think of it as one day's wage, right? So let's just play this game. Let's say you make $12 an hour. Let's say you make $8, or 12, you work, yes, $12 an hour and you work for eight hours, right? 96 bucks a day, 90, Uncle Caesar is getting six bucks of that all right? So you pay Caesar, render to Caesar what's Caesar's, right? You give him your six bucks. Now you got 90 bucks one day. This guy gave two days, two days wage, $180, right? Now I know, I know times are different and whatnot. I'm just saying, are you willing to give up two days wages to help somebody that you don't even know? That's what this guy did. He's like, listen, Jesus is like, listen, when we love other people, sometimes it costs money. Straight up cash. And not only did he give him two two denarii, look at what he did. He went to him and he bound up his wounds. Somebody's rolling with a first aid kit in the minivan, right? Moms, right? Somebody's got the first, right? You went to Walmart, you bought the first aid kit, you got bandages and rolls and whatnot, right? Well, whatnot costs something. And when you use it, you don't have it. So you have to replace it, right? Well, there's a cost. And then what did he do? He bound up his, he put oil and wine on him. Oil and wine. I don't know the going rate of oil and wine. I'm just saying it's not free. Right? There was a cost. The man took a cost out of his own pocket. Then he set him on his own animal. Maybe it was a donkey and he brought him to the inn. Now we got wear and tear on the vehicle. Right? Yeah. Hey, what if that donkey goes down? What if that donkey breaks a hoof, right? Blows a tire, right? Now you're down to done tire. You got to do the patch. You got to do all this kind of stuff, right? You're calling Ginger, you know, and saying, hey, doc, can we fix up this animal? What do we got? Let's go. Let's go. You've got wear and tear on the vehicle. You've got the bandages. You've got the oil and wine, right? And then it says this. He took them to an inn. He took them to an inn. That ain't free. The inn isn't free, right? And what does it say? And the next day he took out the, hold up, the next day, the next day. You mean he helped this guy overnight? Like he just didn't roll up and curb the guy? Because come on, how many of us, right? Hey, I know this great place, let's just, right? Where's going to curb him? No, the next day. So he stayed with him overnight. I don't know if that's two rooms, might not have been, could have been. So now we got a room overnight. Now we got two days wages for just in case, right? And then watch this. Take care of him. And whatever you spend, I will repay you when I come back. When I come back. He's coming back. And whatever's, whatever's added to the bill that didn't, this, this didn't cover, the 180 didn't cover, I'll pay that too. I'm just saying that Jesus is pretty clear that sometimes when we love one another, it's going to cost us something financially. And I believe that if we get concerned about counting the coins, that are in this story. We've missed the point of the story. Number five, compassion. Costs us compassion. Notice how Jesus finishes the parable. He says, uh, which of these do you think proved to be the neighbor? And the lawyer said, the one who showed mercy. And Jesus said, go and do likewise. Show mercy. Show mercy. It said, when the Samaritan saw the man on the side of the road, he had compassion for him. Compassion is that gut-wrenching thing within us that God does when he says, I want you to do something. When we see an atrocity, when we see something that burdens us, when we see something that we know we're supposed to step into, it, we have compassion. And it, and it's that gut-wrenching move that sometimes, sometimes have you ever been there where you just double over in, in agony because of the pain that you're seeing that somebody else is in? That's compassion. And compassion, when it's felt and acted upon, is Mercy. Mercy is simply compassion that is felt and acted upon. Mercy. So what is Jesus asking of the lawyer? What is Jesus asking of us as we think about loving our neighbor? He's simply asking us this. Because he says, go do this. What's the this? Have your emotions stirred by, the, by something in this world and act upon it. That's it. That's what we're supposed to do. Too often we're trying to twist it and fit it into our context. Who's my neighbor? Where do I go? What am I supposed to do? It's simply this. As we live our lives in whatever context we're in, wherever we go, can we feel what other people are feeling and can we act? Can we show mercy? Love is always costly to the one expressing it. Did you ever notice that? Love is always costly to the one expressing it. We offer love at no cost to other people, but it always costs us something. In every circumstance, in every situation, and in every relationship, the question is are we willing to pay the price to love? one another so the only thing i'm going to ask you to do this week two sides of one the same coin first is this will you draw near to god this week however you do that in scripture reading and prayer and worship music however you draw near to god just 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 draw near to him this week listen for god's voice How is he guiding you? How is he leading you? What is he saying to you? Just just listen to God's voice. Draw near to him. And then, flip the coin, the other side of that is this. As you draw near to him, purposefully look at the people in the world around you. Look at the people. Not their circumstance, not their situation. Just look at the people. And ask yourself, God, what would you have me do in the lives of the people around me. Because when we live like this, when we act like this, if we can put some of these principles into practice, this is what I know. Love never fails. Would you stand with me as we pray? Father, we thank you for this morning and these thoughts and we ask you to to please do a work in our hearts not not as a burden god not as something added that we need to 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 account for but just as the natural expression of following you help us to to draw near to you this week help us to see you and to hear you and god help us to truly look at the lives of the people around the people around us and then listen for the ways that you want us to step. Maybe it's towards them. Maybe it's in a deeper relationship. Maybe there's a cost we have to pay. Maybe our reputation is at stake and we need to wrestle with that. But God, let us draw near to you and see the people around us. Let us live lives of love. As you've loved us, let us love one another.